Welcome to Chuck's. We are back after a little bit of a break here while our uh, producer was on a, an exotic cruise in the, the Nordic lands Skull. of Scandinavia. <laughs> yeah, Pete was on a... Uh, did you get that go, shirt Pete. there? Oh, very nice. <laughs> yeah, looks very, nice. very Scandinavian. Very Norwegian. Yeah. Did you get it in Bergen? Yeah, he's thumb, he's thumbs up. Yeah, he doesn't have a mic. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, so we were on a bit of a break, great. and also I should mention that uh, uh, that, our, that Pete has just made me aware of that for uh, many of the Apple podcast listeners, those who have an Apple device that have been listening to us, that uh, apparently there's been some glitch, and that our podcasts haven't been. Something with the audio file hasn't really been working. That's true so, of the leadership podcast too. And the leadership I got a couple people asked me did. last week. Yeah, yeah. So we think we got it fixed. So if there's some on there that you haven't listened to, I think it was around October when this started happening. Some update that Apple went through. So and you know, of course, our gripping commentary on the Browns cannot you be really missed, want it, so especially you really want to when go the, back. you know the Browns went to yeah played Pittsburgh at home when they had Arizona game. I mean, you really want to want to hear those. Oh my! Our 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 commentary on that. So I would rather have my toenails pulled out than have to go back and listen to those myself and relive mm-hmm. that misery. Mm-hmm. Oh, that, the yeah. factory of sadness lives on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So so sorry about that. You've, you've, uh, Our you've missed a few. But um, but so in and since we've been gone, um, there's been some stuff that's going on. We have a few different topics today. Really, they want to kind of get through. But um, the first one, the most major one, maybe the the greatest the the I think the the, the most uh, the, the biggest death in, in sports history, one of the biggest deaths in pop culture, tragic deaths in pop culture, even uh, Western pop culture, is the death of Kobe Bryant and his uh, daughter Gianna. Mm-hmm. Happened um, about at this time of recording this. What about a week or so ago? Ten days ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I think the most transcendent death because even if you look at Michael Jackson. He didn't transcend both entertainment and sports as much. Um, and he was in his 50s. So there's that. It's just Kobe just transcended. I think even more, as you were, you and I were talking this morning, Oz, just the level of person-to-person impact he had that a lot of people didn't know well, about. You and I are in the tennis world, and you know the, the Osaka, Naomi Osaka, uh, Novak Djokovic, who he mentored, these people that obscure people to some of American sports uh, that uh, give anecdotes of him texting them out of yeah. the blue and mentoring them and asking them how they're doing. Um, that's yeah, I, I didn't know about a lot of those. He's really into tennis. One of his daughters mm-hmm. is. is uh, I remember last year he was on the telecast yeah, the US Open. Yeah, and I read his book, The Legacy and the Queen, which with Annie Matthews, excellent. It's about tennis. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah the, and it's the about children's book. It's, it's yeah, it's a children's book, and it's I read it because it's players box stuff. It's really, mm-hmm. and he's just amazing, amazing uh, renaissance man in the truest sense of the word. Yeah. Four lang- four languages he spoke mm-hmm. fluently. Never went to college. Uh, I don't know. Never went to college. Bang. Yeah. Uh, no college debt for Kobe. Yeah, that's, <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Um, master's degree in life. Um, and I, you know, I, I just, I, uh, I, I tear up a little. I can feel myself tearing up talking about it. I mm-hmm. still, I just, as a dad, as a, mm-hmm. as a fan of competitors, of as a, as a, as a fan of excellence, as, and just so many levels. But as a fan of redemption, you know, mm-hmm. I, we were on vacation in 2003 in Hilton Head, and I know where I remember exactly where I was 
in the driveway between our condo and the USA Today bin where I opened it up and it said Kobe Bryant has been charged with sexual assault in Denver, Colorado. I think it was Denver. It was Colorado. And, uh, oh, my gosh, because at that point you were you were just so a Kobe fan. And mm-hmm. Kobe had that focus on nothing but basketball, never in trouble, and it ruined that. And charges were dropped, but obviously there was a huge, huge – uh, you call it indiscretion, just a sin committed I mean, he was, on some he was, level. At the, at the very least, he was married. And he exactly. Was with a, and um, yeah. the seeming redemption of that in his life. His Not faith, just through his marriage, you know, but his were, faith. They were yeah. coming from Mass Sunday. And, yeah. yeah. Um, I think, uh, you know, it's the, the strange side of it for me is, and it's when any time a, a larger-than-life figure that you never really knew. I mean, I, I've only seen Kobe play once, um, Canseco Fieldhouse, the, the Pacers. Uh, but... Uh, you know, so I'd, I've been in the same physical space as him, but it's so weird when someone that you never knew but so occupied your mind for a long period of time as he did in my childhood um, died because they never really were real. They only ever existed on TV and in your mind. And you know, so when they, you know, when they die, it's just a very strange thing. So I, I've had trouble um, just really – I always have trouble really understanding, um, uh, trying to feel through – uh, someone that I never really knew dying, but, um, you know, was important to me. And, you know, my favorite, um, second favorite jersey as a kid was that Minneapolis Lakers jersey, that light mm-hmm. blue and, and gold one they wore um, that I had. Was that uh, after your Jason Williams jersey? Yeah, yeah. Kid? But I just remember, can't, I, could, I couldn't believe when I got that jersey as a kid, you know, because that was such a cool Minneapolis PLS jersey. So for us, it's, you know, family insight here. You know, this winter, my Christmas gift to you was I refurbished this sculpture of a kid dribbling mm-hmm. a basketball as, as you in that Kobe jersey with mm-hmm. your jean shorts and your Nikes and mm-hmm. your blue and gold rubber bands around your wrist mm-hmm. and uh, a little mini sculpture of Austin. And it was just, you know, that was one of the first things I thought of was, wow, of all years for me, me too. personally as a dad, that was my gift to you was the, the specialness of that mm-hmm. jersey. And, um, yeah, yeah, just so death, life's brevity, life's fragility, da-da-da-da-da. Um, mm-hmm. So much has been said about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now um, – you know, it's an all-star game. It's in, a, in a week or so, it's going to get That's really the first thing I think of, because that was always one of the biggest weekends of my year as a kid. I oh, just, my gosh. What do, I just you never got thinking, out of your pajamas that weekend. I just kept thinking all, all last week, <laughs> what, are, like, what is all-star weekend going to be like? Because I, I just, know. you know, so many times as a kid, when I think, there's all the posters on my wall that, I, you know, the, of the highlights that are being shown this weekend, that I knew the, that screenshot, was, that shot was on my wall as a kid. And, and the all-star weekends of Kobe um, that I just thought of as a kid. Mm-hmm. and um, you know, just is it, this All Star Weekend is going to be surreal, but uh, you know, as and as um, and I think the only time we, you and I, had really talked about it was just kind of via over text briefly when it happened, and you text First Corinthians fifteen, I text back First uh, Thessalonians four, mm-hmm. um, last enemy defeated will be death, and we do not grieve as those without hope, uh, yeah. we grieve but in a different way. Yeah. And um, that is with hope. So yeah, that uh, that was it was that was that was wild. You know the thing that I loved about him. I'll say this: it is somewhat hyperbole, I'll admit. But if you ask me, and his, this was Kobe, I watched that Kobe working Spike Lee m- movie last uh-huh. week. Oh, it's so good! Really, it's he's mic'd all day long leading up to a game during the game. 
Mm. So good. And, you know, how he spoke to that. What is the one Spanish teammate he had, the shooter? And he, they they spoke in Spanish during the game. They didn't speak in English. I mean, they just speak to each other. He's at the Jacoby's free throw line telling him stuff, and it's all Spanish. Mm. But I've never, if you said, when have you felt most alive? It's when I've been on a basketball court. Like when I was in my, <laughs> when I was in my prime, and I just like the, I just that's the most I've ever felt alive is the mm-hmm. beauty of the game when you're on the court with four people who know how to play and mm-hmm. you know and just uh, I mean I had ecstasy of competitive team moments mm-hmm. and he loved that you know he 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 loved the beauty of basketball we had talked. Um, about the book I had as a kid called Soft Touch about the beauty of basketball and in mm-hmm. um, you know Kobe I, he just really not, not only Kobe but the beauty the the dance of the game and I I've told you I'm reading Kelly McGonigal's new book The Joy of Movement which is not a great book to read when you're recovering from knee surgery because you just want to move when you read this book mm-hmm. but she gets into CrossFit and dancing and music and sport and marathons and and just the what's happening in our bodies when we move with others mm-hmm. on a court and uh it's just beautiful and kobe i he he embraced that so mm-hmm. yeah morning we're we're connected on some level aren't we we're all connected mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. yeah so anyhow what else today well so uh we still yesterday we had a um I don't think many any staff members really listen to this, uh, but we we had a staff meeting yesterday. Staff where, members don't listen to my sermons. Are you kidding me? They're not going <laughs> to listen to my podcast. Well, staff members don't even come to church here, honestly. <laughs> yeah. Um, let alone, yeah. Uh, yeah. So we had a we had a staff meeting yesterday where we really got more into the weeds of and the logistics. Um, the oh, I guess well, not even that. I guess more of the explicit philosophy of the city lights. Uh, movement and second church and relaunching of Southbrook really, and uh, it was really very successful. So I think this we we um, got a question in, and as I've said before, you know if you have questions of any topic, anything you'd like us to talk about, send it to us, and you know we'll fit it in when it when it works most appropriately. And so this this seems to work appropriately. It came back from a, about a month ago from uh will scott who is actually on staff yeah. here um trill will also he's also known he um, <laughs> <laughs> trill will the illest oh, love um, he uh he twists knobs and makes uh, uh he's one of those guys he's like the offensive lineman of, of southbrook he is like you only notice him if he doesn't that's do his it. job that's right um, and, and pete uh, is one uh, of pete, his yeah, uh, pete, yeah pete workers. works with him yeah he's one of right. his disciples his servants yeah. of the um, lord in the tech booth yeah they are like the linemen of southbrook make me like, sound better than i am only, you only you only notice of them when when you know so they don't get that's to say they don't get the pat in the back that they, yeah. they normally should so anyway um will emails in and he says what regular uninterruptible daily slash weekly routines do you um meaning me charlie and the lt do i say uninterruptible to clarify that regardless of the season or distractions happening with life and family you always find time for these routines. Could you say that these routines are essential for your sanity? Um, and so he puts out, and, I, and that's why I think how it relates to the city lights, especially, is that um, going through um, monumental um, decision making and, and strategizing 
that um, City Lights, that the LT produces City Lights from our leadership team, which is, um, for those who don't know, it's effectively our eldership here oh, at South We're a staff-led church. Mm-hmm. We're not a congregation-led body. Um, so... So yeah, what uninterruptible daily and week, weekly routines do do we have? Um, I guess you could first start with the LT. What what what? How does this relate to LT? And then we can go more personally. Are with you it. talking about collectively or individually? Uh, I can only speak to myself individually. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but it, collectively, I can say, especially in the season we're in, since April, since we've been mm-hmm. doing the tear it down to the studs and rebuild it, is. Man, there haven't been three weeks we've missed having long meetings, and there have been some weeks where we had 10 hours of slogging through stuff in a week. Mm -hmm. So that's been uninterruptible. There are very few weeks since I came back from break. I mean, I I think one or two that one of the things Lencioni showed is, you know, people tend to hate meetings. There's a reason. It's because they're ineffective, and they seem to not... Pete's laughing because <laughs> really I hate meetings. <laughs> yeah, I know, but it's because they don't seem like they're heading somewhere. They don't mm-hmm. seem like they're having a it's direct. Most impact. meetings are bad. These yeah, it is. Sound it, good. It's what it is. Mm-hmm. And he says, if we do it right, a lot of people think we'll have less meetings. He says, no. If you do it right, you're going to actually have more meetings that have meaning. Mm-hmm. So, for example, he's a big one into you don't make the agenda up before the meeting. You say, in light of what we have to achieve this week, now what's our agenda? And we're adopting Chris McChesney's four disciplines of execution. And the fourth one is create a cadence of accountability. Every week you will sit down with Paul and Paul will ask you, did you hit your lead goals last week? Any any lag measurements that come as a result of that, Mm -hmm. lead and lag measurements. Did you do that? And every week you'll know I'm winning. You know, I'm mm-hmm. winning because ministry can be this Victor Frankl's uh, famous story of the way the Nazis broke us down was they made us move the trash from one end of the compound to the other every day. And it wasn't achieving anything. It was purposeless. And so in man's search for meaning, that's what he talked about. And, and a lot of, I don't think it's just ministry, but I do know ministry can be that way. Like, okay, we're, we're doing stuff. Are we winning? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's why meetings have no meaning. Because do we know that we achieved something from this? Mm-hmm. And so in his five dysfunctions of a team, when you get to a functional, healthy community, the last part is specific results. Specific results. Mm-hmm. That will not, as for you as a pastor, that will not dominate your whole week. Better but, a, but, a, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but a big part of your week will be, mm-hmm. you said you were going to pray with five people this weekend. Did you do it? Mm-hmm. Good. Okay. That was a win. Mm-hmm. We don't know the lag measures from that. We can we can hope for certain lag measures. Mm-hmm. Did you did you recruit five people to City Lights this weekend? You said you were going to do that. Did you do it? Mm-hmm. That's that's a lead measure. Lead measures are measures that we can control that affect current behavior. Lag measures are the results of that. So to help our listeners understand, lead measures are. I can control my calories and I can control how much I work out a day. That's a lead measure. A lag measure is I want to lose 20 pounds this year. Mm-hmm. So yeah. so I, that would be one. I mean, I think the, the continuity of meetings, uh, and I would say this, I would I really applaud our LT for the most part, really great engagement mm-hmm. has been 
uh, an uninterruptible discipline mm-hmm. collectively. Really thinking through this. I think I was at, I've been speaking to various groups, and one of the groups I spoke to was our counselors, our lay counselors. And I, I appreciate one individual said, you know, this is obviously very well thought out when I shared the City Light strategy. I appreciated that because you want it, you know, you want it, you do want it to reflect, hey, we didn't just throw this together. I mean, it literally is over 10 years in the making if you go back to its its genesis. Hmm. Um, and you go back to The Forgotten Ways by Alan Hirsch. It's, I mean, it literally goes back over 10 years. Mm-hmm. But most specifically in the last few years, in my mind, I think the Lord has been just clarifying how do you connect people and care for people and cast light in your community. Mm-hmm. It's not going to happen inside a building. Mm-hmm. It's going to happen all over the place. Church without walls. So. Continue meeting in groups, as some of you are in the habit of doing. But yeah, I always tell myself right. when I um, when I do have to go to meetings, and um, I was telling Pete before this that uh, we have to move our recording time around a little bit um, because Cause of, of a meeting. Because of a meeting, but I also have a new meeting in my week. That uh, 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 well, actually, it's in a, it's every month. I have a new meeting um, that's happening today, and um, and I'd always I was telling Pete that I have this thing that I I tempt myself with. With with that, uh, whenever I get a new meeting or something, that I always think I have this three week, two to three week um, out where I can say once I don't go to the meeting, oh, I didn't know it's it's new to my schedule. I didn't, you know, I forgot about it. But I, I don't, I don't think I've ever really done that. But I always think about like, well, I could, um, you know, it's new to my schedule. I could. Well, you wouldn't about like it. being in meetings with me then, because <laughs> if you're in a meeting with me, everybody has to contribute. Uh, like, yeah, I don't let anybody out of a meeting. <laughs> Recently, there was an individual that was clearly struggling, and I had an exception to that. Uh, the individual didn't contribute a thing to the meeting, and I knew if I said something, it was going to come out the wrong way. Mm-hmm. So, well, unstoppable force and immovable object. Yeah, I didn't <laughs> say how okay. yeah, that works. <laughs> um, but so, what about for you? Uh, what, what uninterruptible daily and weekly routines do you have um, that? Regardless of the season or distractions happening with life, family, work, so on, you always find time for these routines. What are some routines for you? Well, the first two of the five S's are are so nourishment and breath for me, and that is the the breath of solitude and the nourishment of Scripture are uninterruptible, non-negotiable practices. And for me, solitude includes the integration of my whole being. So solitude is not just quiet in my chair meditating and praying very early in the morning. Solitude for me is also being in my basement and it's quiet Mm. and it's just a focused light. And like right now I'm building, Pete will love this, I'm building the Edgerton, Edgertown City Hall. You know, I'm just doing this whole thing of of Water Street in Edgertown and uh, the Chappie Ferry and everything on this new uh, Martha's Vineyard project I'm doing. And so it is just, it is, it is, I'm alive with God in those moments. That's, that's, that's non-negotiable. I need, I need that creative engagement with, with God and how he made me and celebrating how he made me. You know, how many 50 year old men are building the Edgartown City Hall right now? It's just unique. I, I just, I celebrate that. I celebrate the the joy of being able to do that, uh, to the moderate skill I have at doing it. Uh, I'm not a professional by any measure, but 
you know, that's those two are non-negotiable. The the nourishment of my soul, I am malnourished if I'm not meditating and slash memorizing chunks of scripture. I'm I and I I'll I'm, it is a sense of malnourishment. And just my soul feels like vitamins, you know, mm-hmm. when I'm meditating on Romans eight or or meditating on a new passage. Mm-hmm. So I know you operate that well too, that way as well. But those two are non-negotiable, and for the most part, my serving is serving teenagers. I don't have to do it. It's just an act I've chosen to serve. So the serve, the s of serving, is very renewing for me. I'll be leading a dozen raucous tennis players tonight who half listen to me and half joke around, but they know I care about them. Mm-hmm. And I don't have to do that. I just love doing it because I'm not paid to do it. <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. Um, they sent me a group photo last week of of thumbs up or something after my surgery. You know, and I just made my day to, to get that. Dan took a picture of him. And the same girl that I have never had smile at me still wasn't smiling in the picture, so I didn't get a smile out of Grace. Uh, she scares me, actually. Uh, <laughs> she She's intimidating. Grace is her name. Yeah, Grace is her name, Grace ironically. Her name. <laughs> and she she just, you know, I, she scares other kids, too. But, uh, you know, it's just that, that service and then, uh, you know, being in relationship, support, and significant events. Those are all critical, but solitude scripture, non-negotiable. I, I just, I have to... I have to feed and breathe. Mm-hmm. That's how I feed and breathe mm-hmm. my soul. So, what about you? Yeah. Well, similar yeah, the, with you. Yeah, those are the, the those would be the top with me. I um, I, I, I kind of noted on it actually yesterday with Bible study and working through the triangle and using idea kind of the word of the day source and um, what's our rock? What is foundation for which our conduct of, of, of being comes from and how we behave and live and why, um, that, uh, that scripture and prayer are, um, this daily washing, it's daily washing. And, uh, that, that for me, there's an importance, um, a non-negotiable, uninterruptible importance to it being the first thing I do. And it's very important that it is the first thing I do. I, I make a cup of coffee, but I don't do anything else than that in the first hour of my day um, than those two things. And um, I think I think the, the reason for that is is not so much the effect I get immediately, but the, the lag effect in it is, is, mm-hmm, is, tr- mm-hmm. is truly it. Mm-hmm. I think if I, did, I it didn't say this yesterday, I edited it out, but, um, but for me it's like a Luke 2 where um, – Anna, the prophetess, goes to the temple every day. She was she was married, and then she uh, she her husband died early into their marriage, and she all her life she goes into the the temple every day, and she is praying towards and discussing towards um, through to God's redemption because she's in exile. Um, she's in exile in her grief. She's in exile as a people, and every day she goes into the temple, and every day she goes into the temple discipline. And she gets nothing, and she gets nothing, and she gets nothing, and then one day a, a young couple walks yeah. in, and she sees this child, and she's you know she I, I imagine her seen. saying you know what is your son's name? His name, his name is Yeshua. Mm-hmm. Our Lord saves, and it's it's got that lag mm-hmm. effect of just faithful, faithfully, and so I so part of what I did share is just that I just I don't expect to get anything um, from praying and asking and 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 and, um, and um, praising and thanking and worrying in prayer and, and, and praying scripture and pray for others. Um, 
I don't expect to get anything except that I'm just doing it. And, and, um, and I, I see Monday through Friday as just fight. Like I just, they're just grind and fight and survive. And that's just, um, that's just how I do. I, I, I think, you know, similarly, I, I, I use, I think of the imagery of someone, if someone asks me, you know, do you eat before you run? Um, I always, in my, I don't ever say it, but I always think like, yeah, my mind, yes, I do. I have, I eat some bread, the bread mm-hmm. of life before I run. And then I go on my run and, and I, and I am thinking, mm-hmm. um, as from six to seven or 8am, um, of, of the bread that I just ate and the yeah. bread of life that I, that I just ate. And, um, and, and I, I think there is the, for the scripture part of it too, that I, I, I try to understand uh, to distinct from, especially when it comes to the, 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 the practice of these uninterruptibles for me and routines, um, the, the distinction between Eastern meditation and, and Christian meditation of, of, of Joshua, the, 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 the Jewish meditation of Haggah to, to meditate on scripture is to fill the mind with the something, as you said, with Romans eight. Mm-hmm. So you, and so the Eastern meditation is to empty the mind and to get to Nirvana and to get to nothingness. Mm-hmm. And, and, but the Jewish, when you see that, and if you read Joshua one, it's uh, it, to meditate on his law day and night is to fill the mind with that. And it's just, and it just, and it just, when you, and, and so that, that's where I'm just washing myself. I'm washing myself with it. And then I had a, the, the blessed experience of, of composing songs or composing art and, in my life. And, and the most important thing with composing songs, a melody, or composing a, a, a portrait is the space you don't use. It's as important as the mm. space you do use. And see, a melody isn't composed by a continuous, raucous noise. A mm. melody is composed by the, when you don't play a note. And so for me, that that hour, what it looks like is 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 um, the number one. I always start with Psalms, Psalm forty one two. Like a deer, panting deer, goes to a stream of water. So I long for you. Um, and then I go through a few Psalms, and then there's quiet, and then there's scripture, and there's mm-hmm. prayer, and then there's quiet. And it's kind of this this ebb and flow of of a melody of um, going in and out. I don't, so I don't know if that's listening. I don't know if that's super spiritual or not. I don't know, if, you know, what what part of that. But that, I think just having that time. Um, and, you know, I know it's, it's, and sometimes it's, I have to take it as a blessing, but sometimes McKinsey will wake up at five too. <laughs> and it's really, well, this is <laughs> Wait a minute. not how it's supposed to go. Yeah. Um, cause I always have my corner on the floor that I go sit in the floor and, and do this, um, with a heated blanket so my legs get warmed up for that hour too. But. Pretty soon there's going to be a little Franny who's waking up at three in the yeah. morning. You're going to get more quiet time mm-hmm. with God than you bargained for. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, I, I, you don't uh, know gosh, listeners, Austin and McKenzie are expecting a little girl in April. And- yeah. So, but that's, that's my, um, that, so same I with can't you. wait to see how grumpy you are when you, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, but, you know, people keep telling me that, but you know, last night I slept an hour and a half. You know, I mean, I just, so, you know, it's like, okay, I can't get much worse. Yeah. I mean, oh, I don't, true. I don't sleep true. at all. So, yeah. um, but yeah, that, the, the, the prayer met as for you, the same with you, the, the solitude in scripture for me, um, as the source of my day just comes from that. And I think that's maybe the, like, it is like a really literal thing. Like my day is starting from this. It's just, mm-hmm. it's coming, it's coming from this and I, and it's coming from the solitude in scripture and then, um, suffering. That's like a, and that's why I love when we've talked about that before. Mm-hmm. That's why I love running. If I can voluntarily engage in the hardest thing I'll go through that day, mm-hmm. then whatever comes at me, um, I can. That's right. Can that's take the that. value of suffering, of, mm-hmm. of programmed suffering. Mm-hmm. Would you love? Going to love Kelly McGonigal's book because she gets into that, mm-hmm. the biology of that. Mm-hmm. And, um, I, you know, you, you, you look at a life of Kobe Bryant. 
he just on a on a professional athletic level he had those disciplines that were non-negotiable and mm-hmm. everybody wants to be Kobe Bryant how many people want the quiet solitude of being in a gym hours lifting weights mm-hmm. and and you, you know a lot of people would love to have longevity of effectiveness and excellence but the the daily rigor that is not glamorous mm-hmm. is what's behind that and that's why I love what you said about I don't need it to answer it. I agree with that. I don't I've been meditating on a on a sermon series lately that I'm going to do at some point called Moments, Movements and Miracles. And it comes out of this study we're doing on 1 Corinthians how the Corinthians needed that supernatural. They needed the mm-hmm. you know the spectacular and, and Christians who are that way nauseate me. Like they're always having to it's always everything's a miracle. Well, not everything is a miracle, but you know God does move, and we get to see him in retrospect sometimes. And there are moments in life that are every day that are special. That's where God shows up all the time. I, I don't need miracles. Mm-hmm. I can't say I've ever seen one. Mm-hmm. You got the sign of Jonah. That's all you need. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. You know, and I don't need prayer to be spectacularly answered. And mm-hmm. I think you're right. Just the 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 discipline of doing it. The joy, I, th- I still think my, my favorite prayer book of all time is Ian Bounds' classic work, The Privilege of Prayer. Mm-hmm. And that, I remember reading that in college, and that title alone framed uh, the beginning of the change of prayer for me, where prayer was a religious duty, something you, you sort of had to mm-hmm. do, and you had to have a certain structure to it, to the privilege of communication. And mm-hmm. I, I still, a lot of times I'll catch myself praying, the words of Jesus, Father, I thank you that you hear me and that you always hear me. You mm-hmm. know, just the that's why I love this the, 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 the movie Mary Magdalene that came out a year or two ago. It is a Lucan take on the historical Jesus, but um, part of the, the Luke nature of it is just how often in this movie, when a scene starts with Jesus in it, Mary wakes up or a disciple wakes up and they see Jesus you know, crack of dawn or middle of night, just sitting. Mm-hmm. You never see him sleeping in the movie, number one, but he's just always sitting off by himself, tired and praying. He's just, he's just, oh, he's just, it's just like, that's, it's, it, that's more life giving to him than sleep even, you know? And well, Mark one thirty five, very early in the morning, Jesus got up, went to a solitary place where he prayed, mm-hmm. as was his custom. You know, that was, that was, mm-hmm. that's just what he did. Mm-hmm. You know, he, so that's not inaccurate mm-hmm. at all. Mm-hmm. So that's a great question from Mr. Will. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we I think one thing our Southbrook listeners can count on is is your. I mean, our leadership team is made up of people who really try to listen to the heart of God, not just the mind of God, but mm-hmm. listen to the heart of God and issues. And we're getting better, and um, it's just an essential. I I, I can't. It's just a non-negotiable of leadership. I was listening to one of Ryan Hawk's podcasts recently, and he was talking about he and AJ. You know, AJ, his brother played for the Buckeyes and then the Packers, and he said, you know, we need to work out when we don't feel like it. Mm-hmm. We need to work out when we don't feel like it. And they had a pact with each other. Hey, I know we'll be college students some nights and doing things, but we're mm-hmm. going to be there at 5 a.m. Mm-hmm. Those are the ones that count the most. It's the ones that count the most. It only counts when you don't want to do it. Mm-hmm. I uh, my my family got hit with influenza A this weekend, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, um, boy, for like 
for like a week, I was. Pink. Why don't they call it influenza F? I know. <laughs> um, but uh, but uh, I was I was my re- my door was doused in lamb's blood while the spirit of death hovered over oh, myself personally because Mackenzie was suffering, Gunner was suffering, and I was fighting it off. Like I felt it coming on, <laughs> and I ran a hard tempo run that morning. And then I ran seven miles again that night. Oh, wow. I felt it coming on and coming on. And then finally, Friday night, I got hit. And it started wow. coming on. And so I drank like half a bottle of cough syrup. And and I woke up the next morning and I had it. And I thought, you know what? On my, on my training log today is a 14-mile run. It's yeah, 35 cool. degrees out and that's raining. Good. And so I did a 15-mile run. And then by Saturday night, I was good. I was feeling better. And I was at church the next morning. And, um, That's awesome. and it's, the, it's that run though. And McKenzie asked me like, what are you doing? What are you doing? Cause I, cause I, <laughs> <laughs> because I tell cause I had just given Gunnar a lecture that morning of like, bud, you have three voices in your head. They're going to be in your head your whole life. It's, it's exhaustion, it's distraction and it's pleasure. And you got to have a street fight in your head every day you go out. And so that's what I said when I left the door for this run. And, uh, and so I, let the record show. I never had a discussion <laughs> you with never you did. like that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> probably something similar, but I never had one. Tough people get tough when times are tough. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, but she said, well, you know, why are you doing it? You know what? You have nothing to prove. I said, I know, but you see, if I can do this run, if I in in, in April or in May, whenever, or if when I'm hitting mile 19 on in, in coming down yeah. Central Park Highway in Cincinnati, if I can do this run, I can do that run. That's right. And that's why I'm doing this run. You know. And I felt terrible after that. I mean, I, I felt so bad after that. Run. Yeah, that's but, awesome. You know, so that, that, those are the those are the runs that matter the most. Those are the workouts that matter the most. That's cool. And and I think in light of the fact that we've talked about this before, I mean, I, I embracing suffering is such a key to mm-hmm. enjoying life. You know, as John and Peter rejoiced after they were beaten. Exactly. Just in, like learning to say, "I love this moment." Mm-hmm. And we teach our students that. I love this moment. You embrace it. And you had a period in your life you went through where you saw suffering as a cause of shame, right? Remember that? We've talked about that before. Mm-hmm. And now look at where you are, grace-fueled. Suffering is not something that's a sign. This is what I deserve. Mm-hmm. It's an engagement mechanism. And that's, mm-hmm. that's it's not masochist. It's really healthy. Mm-hmm. It's a really healthy. It's a reality, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. As I said, when we were the when we were when we were with the sheik on Mount Sinai, and uh, one of the things I'll never forget was they talk about they have no word in their language for training. Mm-hmm. Life is training. Mm-hmm. You know, life is tragedy. There's no like we train. They don't train. That's life. Life mm-hmm. is training and. You know, that's really cool because I couldn't agree more that the, that 14-mile run is one of the biggest runs you've ever done. 15-mile. 15. <laughs> it was supposed to be a 14. That's a true run. I got, I got, don't, tell, well, don't say I hear actually, it's not, it's, not that, it's not that virtuous. I got lost in Washington Trace. <laughs> so I got, I got lost. I got turned around. In my, that's great. In, and so, yeah, I made that's it great. 15. But, that's yeah. awesome. Well, good talking. Yeah. Until next time on Chuck, this is Charles Braxton with Austin Charles.